Welcome to the Feisty Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby, and I've created this podcast to share messages with you all to expand your consciousness. This podcast will touch on a wide array of subjects, including psychology, spirituality, subconscious reprogramming, feminine leadership, and more. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Feisty Hippie Podcast. I'm your host Gabby and today I have Liz with me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Liz. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, What else do I have to say? (laughs) Like what I like to do and all of that. Yeah, what do you do? What do you, what do you, what identity are you embodying in this moment or stage of your life? It's a good question. Currently, um, I'm a student at Hudson County Community College. Um, I am studying for psychology. I actually just went back. Um, it's been like two years and I'm kind of just finally starting to get into the routine of, you know, going back to school and having to like remember that I have assignments to do, um, stuff like that. Um, I'm also working two jobs currently as well. So I have like three things that I have to like do in the span of like seven seven days because it's just consistently you know doing assignments going to work making time for like other things that I want to do or have to do in my private life there you go got all the masculine energy up in here yeah (laughs) so me and Liz had um originally met each other she works at a store that I stumbled into one day with my friend she had known the owner John shout out John if you're watching this we love you um and I didn't meet her right away but she had reached out to me on Instagram probably a while later and I had done a reading from her and we've just kind of been connected ever since but I've never had the space with Liz to kind of hear whatever she wants to say or speak about so I'm excited for this episode to just dive deep more into um her background and just how she's doing, you know? So my first question is kind of what has gotten you into this work? Spirituality, psychology, like what made you interested in that kind of thing? So growing up, um, I've always just been really fascinated with like anything pertaining to the mind, um, anything pertaining to like law enforcement, anything pertaining to psychology. I, I grew up watching Criminal Minds, actually. Um, it's a really popular show. I, I've been watching it since I was five. And I think that's where my fascination started. Um, and I remember like thinking like, I'm gonna be an FBI agent one day. And in that show, the, the field that they do is the behavioral analysis unit, which is focusing on the mind of the criminals and all of that, you know, literally analyzing them. So from that mo- from the moment that I started watching that show, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, unfortunately, though, that's actually not what ended up happening um, due to some like unfortunate things that I can't really control. They're out of my control right now. Um, but it's still like a dream that I still have. You know, that's I really hope one day I'm able to accomplish. But um, yeah, so like growing up, uh, it's just something that was really fascinating to me. And uh, in terms of like spirituality, I think I've always been like attracted to it um I was a girl that was just searching up like how to be a witch how to be a vampire how to do this how to do that how to do a spell like I vividly remember like myself laying down on my computer and just searching it up um and then 
I didn't actually start maybe tapping into it uh, up until two years and a half ago. So like back in like 2020, like COVID, um, during COVID actually, um, I was going through a really rough time. I was going through like a really transformational period in my life. I had just ended a, a seven year relationship. Um, I had, my grandmother had passed away. My uncle had passed away. Um, another family member had passed away. There was just so much ending during that period in my lifetime, in my life when I was like 19, born to 20. And I happened to stumble upon Seoul Mystic. So one day I, I, I decided to uh, go online and I was just like, you know what? I want to go to like a spiritual shop, a botanical shop, whatever the case may be, but I really want to find like the right one. So I was dating somebody or he's, I, I still am dating the person. And I remember looking at him and I'm like, hey, I want to go to a spiritual shop. Do you like want to go do that? We could go look at a few of them for the day. So we made it a date and we ended up uh, finding Seoul Mystic. I didn't even know that they were there actually. Um, so we ended up going. And I remember meeting Jasmine. She was the first person that I met. We didn't meet John up until like two months after the fact. But I met Jasmine, we like hit it off. Like I was just completely in awe. Like after that moment, I um, I was going to the shop maybe like four times a week and I would just sit there with my boyfriend. I was just like, yeah. So I was, you know, trying to talk to Jasmine, her talking to me, like, you know, giving us advice and all of that. And um, eventually, uh, I think maybe going down a year later um at that point me and we were like good friends as well so uh I asked them if I could work with them and uh they said yes the, uh they said no originally just because of certain circumstances but then I asked them a second time and they were like sure you know we'd love to bring you on and I'm like awesome like I'm able to like firsthand get you know get um first-hand experience with all of this and I'm able to like learn from people that I look up to um and then yeah I think that's when it officially started for me when I I started to like really really embrace spirituality supernatural paranormal etc um yeah I hope that answers your question yeah it definitely does and when we talk about this shop, Cielo Mystic, you know, most crystal stores that I've been to, literally every single one, I would say, except that store, it's very new age spirituality. And if you ask the workers, like, what is, what is this thing? They'll be like, I don't know. Or you'll know more than the worker does. And that's the only store where the worker will know more than you do. If you're, you know, experienced or into any of this kind of stuff. And that's what really stuck out to me because you saying that you're there, you were there four times a week, people might be like, what, what was she doing there? Just standing. But when you enter that store, it's in a whole environment that you're stepping into. And it's not like you're just sitting there talking to no one. There's people coming in and out and just some crazy conversations to be had. I was actually um, talking to my friend um, who's the host of the Flipside podcast. Shout out to Alex, if you're listening to this as well. Um, and I was telling her she should have John on her podcast because he's like a walking encyclopedia of occult knowledge. He'll just be talking about random mythology and he's like, how do you not know about this? And I'm just like, what are you saying? <laughs> no, that's actually one of the things I admire about him is how much knowledge he holds. Um, it's like one of the things I really, really look up to and admire about him and it's just um, it's amazing being able to go up to somebody um, 
and I knowing that they may or may not have an answer, but most likely they will have an answer. Um, which nine times out of ten, John always has an answer. Even like it's not, he's he's not telling you like this is the answer. He's just giving you whatever he thinks or his opinion on it, and you kind of go, you know, you, you can roll with it or you know, I don't. How, what am I trying to say right now? Um, giving you like like this is what he thinks but don't take it as the truth because you have to figure yeah. it out on your own yeah yeah so that's basically him and I really really admire that about him yeah I, I appreciate that too because even I was talking to someone earlier about um, coming on here to talk about marijuana and that's going to be a whole other podcast in itself and she had said something and I responded and I was like I don't really care what you have to say. I just want to have, not like I don't care what you have to say, but I'm not forcing a belief system on anyone because that's what she was saying. She's like, I have certain opinions on it that may not be popular, but I'm not here to be like, this is the way we need to do things. And that's it. Where some people, you know, when you ask them for advice, they get this whole God complex of like, this is the way it goes. Um, <laughs> And in your, you know, in your position as, as someone who works in this shop and has this experience, what do you think, or what is the number one issue or question that people kind of have about their personal lives when they come up to you? Um, could you go a little more like detail about that question? Like, what do you mean their personal lives? Yeah, like if someone asks you for your opinion on something that they're going through, because I know people will just say weird ass shit to you when you work in one yeah. of those stores. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so usually, um, so one, I always try not to judge anybody coming into the shop because coming into the shop, and even me at one point, I was that person coming into the shop looking for a safe space, looking for, you know, somewhere where I wouldn't be judged and I could just be myself and I could ask whatever it is that I wanted. So I always, I try not to be the person that, you know, looks at them like, why are you even asking that? So I've had people come in and usually they ask questions about their love life or they'll ask questions about like the simplest things. I don't know. Like, um, they'll be like, do you, they'll be like, do you like this? Like, oh, they'll have like two crystals in their hand and they'll be like, do you like this one better? Or do you like this one better? And I'm, I always tell them like, you know what? I, I like this one, but it's your preference like this it's what you like so my my uh my answer to you is pick whatever you like it's it's really not up to me you know um so I feel like to a certain extent some people come into the shop looking for an answer like they have a question about themselves but they want someone else to um, answer that question for them so I'm always a person that will be like no like you need to answer that question yourself I will help you I will give you an answer but you need to answer it yourself that makes sense that definitely makes sense i think that a lot of people nowadays or just i don't know in general i don't know if it's always been like this i mean i've only been on the earth for like a little over 20 years but yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't have much trust in themselves you know what i mean yeah. they would rather like go ask someone else than trust their own truth or their own intuition or what like feels right in their body or in their mind because people are taught to, you know, not trust themselves from a really young age. Um, and I want to switch gears a little bit because before we started the episode, you mentioned that you had wanted to talk a bit about your family and um, being an immigrant. So I want to ask you about that and just, you know, whatever you want to share, open space, 
Mm. You can be as vulnerable as you'd like. Um, but what was it like growing up and how do you think that that relates to you now as a human being? So I was born in Mexico. Um, I don't remember anything about it. I was pretty much raised here. I came here when I was two years old, I believe, probably nearing three years old. Um, came here with my mom. Um, it was her with pretty much like three, four, four of her sisters that came. Um, we actually, I have lived in, I live in Union City currently and I've been living there my entire life. Um, so growing up, I felt like I was never really around my mother, my mother. For one, my mother is like the image or she is like what I look up to as a hardworking woman. Like this woman wakes up every day at three in the morning. She like never late. She will literally be on the dot 3 a.m. cooking in the kitchen, um, you know, making lunch for my dad to take to work. And so I never really saw her. I never really grew up around my mother. And I think I've realized that now as I'm getting older, like, damn, like, I don't really see my mother. I never really saw her because she was always working. And she was always working because coming from, I'm from Mexico. So, you know, coming from Mexico, her herself, like, she had to pay for me. She had to pay for herself. Obviously, you know, coming here, there's like debts that you, that you, you come across that have to be paid off. If not, then there's issues with people. Um, so that's like the first thing that she did was immediately started working and she started leaving me in the care of like random people and one of the things that I remember vividly is uh, a babysitter you know hitting me and I remember um, she would like pull my ear she would you know she would hit me um, and it wasn't up until I was like four or five years old that I told my mother that you know oh by the way she hits me you know, and it was because I was scared, you know, um, but I just remember that being a constant thing where I was constantly being left with different people because my mother, she had to go to work. She couldn't, she couldn't afford to stay home, you know, which was a sad thing, to be honest. So I was going back and forth between my aunt, between a stranger, between a friend, between like, my stepdad, between my brother's girlfriend. I was constantly being left in different places. Um, which at the time I didn't mind, but now I kind of realize how it affects me. Um, but yeah, I sometimes I get a little emotional talking about this because I'm actually a sibling. I am the youngest of five of, five of them. Unfortunately, two of them already passed away, but uh, I grew up as an only child. Like I don't have any kind of relationship with my two siblings that are alive still. Like for me, I'm an only child. I didn't grow up with anybody. I grew up with animals <laughs> so I have I have like 10 animals at home like um I think that's one of the ways that my parents try to always compensate for like the loneliness that you feel growing up like that you know you don't really have somebody that you can go to and I think those are that's one of the things that uh I've realized lately that I kind of hold a grudge with my mother against like uh, I know it wasn't her fault but it makes me mad that I was lonely growing up. I didn't really have anybody to go to. And then the people that I did go to, like, um, I don't know, I was just felt kind of ex excluded from everything, you know? Um, but, sorry, I'm like getting a little emotional. So I'm like- It's okay, little... it's okay. You're yeah, good. yeah, so um, yeah. And, um, you know, as I was growing older, obviously I started going to school. I was always one of the first people in school because my mother had to drop me off at like six in the morning because she had to go to work. So I was waking up early, starting from like kindergarten up until like high school. 
where I was able to take myself to school. So I was able to wake up whenever. Um, but she was always waking me up early. I was always the first one in school to go, you know, because there was really no other option. Um, and yeah, I remember just like, I don't know, just always being really, really introverted because um, once again, I grew up by myself. Like I didn't really know how to talk to people. Um, and that's still something that I struggle with now. Like I was telling you before we started recording, um, I struggle talking and um, sometimes I get really nervous because I don't know what to say. I always think like, fuck, like <laughs> I had to say something right or I had to say the the perfect way. But then um, and when and when that starts happening, like I start um, stuttering a lot, stammering and I, and I start overthinking in my head, like, like, oh, my God, this person thinks I'm like, weird or something. I can't talk right now um but that's thinking that it's just you in your own head and once you say stupid shit enough times you're just like okay I just I like garbage can come out of my mouth and I'll still be speaking and it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah yeah I I realize that now though um like that that's just me thinking that you know um I have gotten better with it though I've gotten better with holding conversations with people and um, you know, having it be some like an, a meaningful conversation. You know how sometimes some, some people will have conversations with people and it's not really meaningful. I try to reserve myself. Um, so that's like, you know, a, one thing that hasn't changed is like my, re- my reservation when in terms of like the people that I deal with. I am very picky with who I deal with. Um, Which isn't a bad thing. No, no, it's not um but yeah so that's with school and stuff you know um but yeah so my mother was just never really around and my stepfather uh he took great care of me he he is like the father that stepped in because my actual father (laughs) abandoned me I actually never really met my real father um I was actually the product of an affair um my mother like obviously she she didn't know that this man had a whole family so that's like another thing that actually like really, I really think on sometimes the fact that I have a whole family out there that I don't I don't know about I don't I know who like they are. That's really special though too because that's proof that like you know your soul wanted to come to this earth in this fucked up situation that you had no control over and yeah. I'm not going to be the bitch that's like you chose your suffering but it's more of like you chose to heal your bloodline. Like, that's why you're here. If you're conscious and you can tell me all of that and tell me like all of the pain and the bad things that you've been through and you're here just functioning and telling me how afraid you are to speak while still telling me on this podcast and speaking out loud about it, it's proof that you're doing something right, you know? Um, And even something that I've been learning about within the last six months or so and actively trying to heal is my attachment style. So I don't, since you study psychology, you're probably aware of attachment style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, for those of you that don't know, your attachment style is essentially the way that you attach to your primary caregiver um, in like the first, I don't know, I don't know how many years, I would say like three or so. That's my guess, but I'm not a psychologist. So don't quote me on that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And most of us have really unsecure attachments to our primary caregiver. You can have anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, attachment, a mix of both. I personally have a mix of both. From your story, I would say that you probably have a mix of both as well. Like you're more avoidant with, um, or I wouldn't even say you're more avoidant with your dad since your stepfather was there. Um, but that could be a whole other thing. What do you think? 
your I mean, actually, style would be? Actually, as I don't really have a relationship with either of my parents. Um, it's a little sad, <laughs> but I have I have realized it and I have acknowledged it and I have tried to like, um, I'm trying now to like make that better. I know a relationship doesn't get better in a week or two. It takes years actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really hold a relationship with my mother right now, which is a little sad. It makes me really sad because like I always hear about like daughters and mothers having like their best friends. They can talk about anything. Um, but because my mother is an old fashioned Mexican woman, she, woman, you know, she came from a ranch. She has different ways of thinking. She's really stubborn. Um, you can't really change her opinion on most things. And on top of that, we always clash because um, I'm very outspoken. I'm very rebellious. I, um, I always talk um, and I don't like shut down. Like I will like, I will be like, why do you like, why, like, why do you think you're right and I'm wrong? Like, why don't can't you we- have fire in your chart? I do actually, I'm an Aries. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was gonna say Aries, but I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> in Aries, so maybe that's where that comes from. Um, but for that reason though, we, we constantly clash because like she'll say something and I'm like, okay, but why are you saying that? You know, what if it's like this? And so it used to be really bad growing up um, because like, you know, I feel like growing up parents think that there's just this power that they hold over you. Like, no, you're like in my house, you have to go by my rules. And I was always the girl that was just like, no, why do I have to go by your rules? Like, you're the one that brought me into this world. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so as I'm, I've gotten older, though, I am actually never home. I am never home. I purposely try not to be home because anytime that I am home, I feel that me and my mother always get into arguments. So I try to really avoid that. Um, aside from like obviously going to work, I have two jobs, so I am at work. But for the most part, I tend to be in my boyfriend's house. Currently, I am in his room because this is his room, so he'll walk in at any minute because like he he's getting off work too. So, um, yeah. All right, fair enough. We welcome him if he joins our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, there's so many things that I can say to you right now. Do you mind if I psychoanalyze you actively on this podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so number one, I want to say about relationships, you know, I don't have the best relationship with my mother. I mean, I have a good relationship with my mother, but I could have made it really bad for myself Yeah. because I have three older siblings and similar to your mother i mean my mother is not an immigrant but um she's very stubborn and stuck in her ways and her modality of thinking and like she doesn't listen to anything she'll she'll hear you and interrupt you but she doesn't listen um and hi mom if you're listening to this i doubt she ever listens to this though so i kind of watched my three older siblings all have a falling out of a relationship with my mother And I kind of looked at it in this way of, am I the one, even though I don't want to be nice to her and I don't want to have her like treat me like shit and not respect like, you know, my boundaries or whatever it is, even though I don't want that to happen, if I allow that to happen and I don't cause a fight over it, then what will happen? You know, nothing bad will happen. And I was in this, I feel like I was in a similar place that you're talking about now. Um in like November, December. So I had something, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I had something like really 
really bad happen and I was like on an active in an active way of healing my trauma because I'm like PTSD blah 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 like all of these bad things just happened with my family um so I was in this place of like trying to escape my circumstances I'm like anything I can do to escape will be freaking superb um and then I had found kundalini yoga which had actually made me somehow not want to escape my circumstances anymore which is pretty freaking interesting um Mm -hmm. so my recommendation for you from going like structure probably sounds horrible to you even though you're working and you're in school and you think like you've made peace with structure right now structure like masculine support or someone supporting you so that you can be in the feminine and you can be in like full-on receiving mode Mm -hmm. it probably feels disgusting to you because you haven't had the time to actually like relax into the person that you are because there always has to be some external defense around you that's kind of what i'm what i'm picking up on um so you know support in in that way i want to ask you do you have any like daily practice that you do I try to have okay uh for me it would be like having a cup of coffee like I try to make that a thing um actually so I went um when I was 19 I felt like my when I was 19 I I was phenomenal like my health was in check I was like everything was great um and then the year 20 hit when I turned 20 and everything kind of just went downhill Hi, he just came it's okay welcome to the podcast Hello. hi um so yeah so then the year 20 came and everything okay and everything I felt like everything literally just started to decline for me including like my health my mental like everything um and I lost I lost track of everything like and it's now that you actually asked me that I'm like damn do I really actually have anything that I do um and it's not a question to make you feel shame or guilt about it's like a direction to go in you know you don't have to be like fuck me for not doing anything it's more like what Um, can I do now (laughs) so I don't really have one like aside from like the cup of coffee because I love coffee you know walking my dog could be one like I love walking my dog you know I've had that dog since I was like 12 Mm -hmm. so like I always try to you know make his walks meaningful and stuff like that um but so I found that no, I don't really like implement anything. Like I kind of just wake up, you know, I'm grateful that I'm awake. I uh, stretch um, and then I get ready for the day and I head out. And I'm actually very, maybe not structured in a way that I would like to be, but I'm actually very, like I'm a control freak. Like I need to be in control. And if I'm, if I'm not in control, I kind of just go crazy. Like I'm just like, no, if something goes wrong, I need to plan every detail of my day. And it's funny because like my body will just know. So if I go to sleep today, right? And I'm like, I have to wake up tomorrow at seven o'clock. I, ha- I have to be in bed by no later than 10. I have to be asleep by 10.30. Like I literally plan when I'm going to fall asleep. And then um, I will tell my body, okay, you got to wake up at seven. And then the next day I will wake up at seven. And then I'm like, okay, so it's seven o'clock now. I have about 20 minutes. 30 minutes you know to do whatever I gotta do I gotta go walk my dog I gotta be out the house by like 8 15 and then if 8 15 comes and I'm not out the house by 8 15 I start getting anxious I'm like oh my god I'm late 
Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of just how it goes for me. Um, and that's actually something that I, I didn't really realize that I did um, up until maybe like a year ago. And it's actually something that I am currently working on. It's a little hard because it is it is something that I like have been doing for a long time. Like I, like I think it's your identity now, but it's just like this layer of haze that's kind of been put over you. Yeah, and um, it's a little, it affects my relationship with myself, but it also affects the relationship that I have with people. Like um, having to always need, like feel the need to be in control. Like it affects my relationship. Uh, it affects like my friendships, uh, my relationships with like family, and I, I don't want that anymore. Which is like you know why I just said that you know it's something that I'm actively trying to really um, break out of. So it's very hard though. I won't lie. It is. I I used to be a hundred percent like that. I'm a Virgo, you know. So I was into the whole like let me do twenty seven hundred things in one day, and then maybe I can feel good about myself by the time I go to sleep. And it would never work. <laughs> and I was like, the best example I can give you is like pre spiritual awakening. One of my days of the week was um i had an 8 a.m class in new york city so i had to wake up at like 6 a.m um and then i had class until one and then i worked from two to nine so i was up in the morning from like 6 a.m and i would get home at 9 30 p.m and i'm like here i am and by my <laughs> boss who i work with still now at my part-time job he always laughs at me because he's watched me go from like swing from one polar opposite to the other polar opposite. And he's like, I remember you working that Thursday shift and coming in and looking like pure fucking miserableness. And I'm like, that was me, but I felt the need that I had to do that in order to like be like not even I, I know it was out of safety like it was out of pure survival mode thinking that if i made myself do these things it would make me more structured or better or more um not even fulfilled in life but that like i would be like someone else could give me their approval you know what i mean yeah. and at this point oh my gosh okay this is something that has to tie in with the controlling that i love to tell any woman which is that men don't want to be nagged and like the woman fucking knows the woman always knows so like if your man is doing some stupid ass shit you're going to want to nag your man and tell him like this is the way you do it this is how it's supposed to go like this is how we function these are the next steps but the thing is if you actually want your man to be in the masculine you have to allow him to be in the masculine which means he should be the one in like the control mm-hmm and that's actually going to be something as well that's really healing for you. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in your life, you've been in this over masculine way of just functioning. Um, yeah. I'm curious though, too. So you had said earlier that you just started going back to school, but you had stopped for a while, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened with that? Um, so at the beginning of the of us talking, I had mentioned how I was going through a very hard, this is during COVID, uh, COVID and like the COVID era was already like shitty. Um, but I feel like it personally really affected me. Um, I had a lot of like loss, um, family, family members passed away. Um, my hamster, <laughs> one of my animals, my hamster passed away, two of them passed away. And I love my, I will die for my animal. I do not care like if they are like, they could be a bug and if I'm attached to them like it's over for me like I will cry for them like 
I don't know, for like a year. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, I was just going through a lot. And um, I, I actually really love school. Like I love learning. Um, I love I love having a sim- like stimulation. Um, but it got to the, got to the point where like uh, once COVID became official, we went to uh, Zoom meetings. We were doing video chats with like you know with my with like the classes and all of that. And personally speaking, I am somebody that needs to be there in person. I need to like be able to see. I need to be able to interact. Um, if not, then I'm not going to pay attention. And um, that's one of the things that. I, I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't focus. I was actually, um, what's the word called? Um, disassociating. I was disassociating and I didn't realize what it was. I actually I had to like search it up. Like I went on Google and I was like, why am I feeling like I'm looking at myself through a third person perspective, you know? And then um, it came up and I was like, oh shit, this is what I'm feeling right now. It got to the point where I ended up talking to one of my professors who was a psychologist. Um, I, I emailed him and I was like, hey, you know, um, I'm not sure if this is appropriate, but I really, you know, would like to speak to you outside of the class. And um, we set up a Zoom meeting and he, we, you know, I told him how I was feeling. He told me, you know, whatever it is that he told me. And uh, he very much agreed that it was disassociation. And uh, he gave me a few tips, you know. Honestly speaking, that conversation, I don't really remember it because once again, disassociated. Like, <laughs> understandable. I was like, I remember it happening, but I don't remember like ninety percent of it. And I, I, all I remember is crying to him and just telling him like, I feel, I feel like I don't know myself. Like I don't, I don't even know. Like I feel like I'm living, I'm living my life, but I'm living it through some. Like it, it feels like I'm somebody. Like my mind is elsewhere, and I'm just looking at myself from like another point of view. You know, um, and that's the best way that I could describe it. And like once that started like settling in, um, everything else went to shit. I couldn't do it no more. So I actually like just stopped going to class. I actually failed. And currently I'm in, I'm on probation period. I think that's what it's called at Hudson, which means that my GPA is at 2.1. And um, I have to pass all my classes. Um, if not, then I'm gonna stay on probation. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, um. I think that's pretty much what like, that's what happened with school then and then it took me a little bit of time to want to go back to school um like I I think I got scared uh I just didn't want to fail because I knew I had failed these classes already and I was like fuck I'm like I'm a failure (laughs) like I couldn't even do that right um and it took me a little bit of courage and motivation and people around me they were just like you know just go and do it you know um but I think it had to come from me to want to go back to school and it took two years but I'm finally back and it feels great <laughs> um yeah. Ah, so yeah I like that though you know the thing is that a lot of people don't talk about is when you're trying to when you the thing is okay so you either try to consciously manifest something better for yourself and yeah. you step into fucking death you step into like goodbye to everything like goodbye old identity my entire life is falling apart or you don't consciously try to manifest anything and the universe is just like pushes you off the cliff and Mm -hmm. is just like hey like here's everything in your life falling apart because you're meant to step into something greater and most of the time we consciously know that we're meant to do something more than whatever our day-to-day life looks like because if that had never happened to you you would never find your space 
you know, in the community that you have with your job and with John and with Jasmine, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm super grateful that all of that happened, actually. Like I, like I said, I was in a time where like I, I didn't know myself. Everything that I did know, I was losing. Um, I was losing the person that I was in high school. I was losing the person because even though I was 19, 20, and at that point, you already you should already be graduated from high school, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, I was still very much stuck. I think I was stuck at the age of like 17, even though I was like 19. So when all of this was, was you know, trickling down, I was just very much like, fuck, like I'm literally losing everything that I know. I don't know anything anymore. I have new people in my life that I didn't expect to meet. I'm losing family members. I'm losing my relationship. I'm losing the relationship with myself. I'm losing literally everything. I think that was very, um, it was very hard on me. Like, I don't, I, I still very much cry about it all the time. Like I will like go home and I will be like, damn, like that was such a hard period in my life. Um, and I don't really speak on it. I don't really tell a lot of people about it. Um, so, you know, if somebody is listening and they have gone through something similar, like it does get better. And, you know, the saying, you know, you need to go through rough patches to, you know, be grateful for what you do have in the current, you know what I mean? 100%. I definitely agree with that. And when you're always in that kind of space where you're releasing all of this old shit, whether mm -hmm. you want to or not, you're in this space of like, why me? Right. And sometimes like most of the time when we're in that space of why me, like the victim mindset, it's because we have to be the victim of our circumstances. And I'm big on saying this um, because if you don't allow yourself to be the victim and you don't allow yourself to do things like you are now where you're taking up open space to say whatever the fuck you want, you don't mm -hmm. grieve, you know, and like crying now is not a bad over something that happened in the past is not a bad thing. It's just something that needed to be released. Yeah, no, I'm actually really big on that. Like, I'm really big on the whole, you can cry about something that happened four years ago. And you know, I could be sitting down with somebody, could be having a conversation with them. And I'm like, listen, if you need to cry about something that happened five, 10, six years, whatever the case may be, you can cry. Like, I will not judge you. It's okay, you know? Um, because like I said, it still happens to me. Like, I still cry about a lot of things that, that have happened in the past. And sometimes I feel like it still very much hurts just as, just as much as it did back then for whatever i'm not sure why that happens but i still feel like the heartache of it mm -hmm. um but then you know i cry and then i feel better right afterwards i believe that like we're just coming back to the same old wounds with new layers of consciousness to actually heal them mm -hmm. you know like the pain it's always gonna be there and not in like a morbid way it just is a part of life you chose to incarnate on a plane of duality i believe so the ups and the downs, you know, they're always going to be there, but it's just understanding your capacity to feel them at new heights. And a lot of the time, like when we're children and a lot of bad shit is going on around us or just things that we don't feel safe or secure to us, we don't process it. Trauma, you know, is just too much happening too fast and that gets stored in your body. So obviously, if you were alone most of your life and you had to be essentially like your own mother and your own friend and your own father, then you're going to have to um, deal with the shit that was stored within you. Because the only way that you would have survived to get to this point 
was to take on the pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing because here you are on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, actually, I was going to say a story because I know you, you had said that it's the fact that I just really wanted to come, you know, like it shows actually my birth story. I think it's funny, but that's me. Um, so actually when my mom, I was a preemie, I was born at seven months, actually. We're really trying to come in then. Yeah, I was born at seven months. And um, actually my mother, um, like my mother, she she has gone through a lot. Um, and I understand her. And like, you know, even though I'm angry at her, I try not to like. You have to have compassion. At this I, yeah, I have compassion. But in terms of like me showing the compassion, that's something that I'm working always on. always come out, yeah. Yeah. But actually when um, she gave birth to me, she actually thought that she was having a miscarriage because she was actually bleeding out. Um, she was bleeding to the point where it was like, oh shit, like, you know, miscarriage, like that's the most obvious thing. And um, she ended up giving birth to me. And when, it, uh, when she gave birth to me, um, you know, it's normal. It's usually you expect the baby to cry because that means that they're alive. I, and she said that I didn't cry. Actually, I was born purple. <laughs> Like I, I actually wasn't breathing. Um, so I didn't cry, I was purple. Um, and it took a little bit for them to, uh, for me to start crying actually. Um, if anything, if I remember correctly, I actually didn't, just didn't cry at all. Like I just kind of came. And, um, and then I was like in the ICU for a few months because I was just, I was still a baby, like I was super tiny. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted. I, th I think that's funny. It's just the way it came in here, you know? Yeah, it's definitely um, interesting. I was I learned about this um, from one of my coaches. And as a woman, I always like to share this with um, other women who are on like a similar path of personal development and just healing, which is um, your womb story. And mm -hmm. it's like a four part story. And it's like your relationship to your womb, essentially. And the first part of the story is your birth. And your birth, like the way that you were born into this world relates to how you create or like you birth out projects or programs or I don't know, creative endeavors or ideas or the way that you move through out life as a creator. And for you to like be born and everyone to be like, oh, like what's going on is kind of like you making any life decision about what you're going to do next and everyone being like, oh my god what the fuck is she doing like no one no one is prepared for you to make these decisions and here you are just like hey guys <laughs> yeah okay yeah i agree with that i'm very much like that i'm very impulsive um i will like decide to do one thing like i will i will be sitting here right now and like i'll just be looking at the wall and i'll be like you know what i i'm gonna go to the gym i want to get like you know i want i want to get my shit together and i will like go to the gym like right after this call get ready go do that and then I would just kind of go the entire month was just with, with like that one goal in mind like the gym that's it that's all it is the gym until I get to my goal I that's believe it <laughs> oh my god it's it's uh, I hate it because I feel like sometimes I'm impulsive with the wrong things and not the right things actually but at the end of the day and everything that I do I just kind of take it as as it comes and I take it as a lesson you know yeah, that's all. That's what you meant. You're meant to do, I believe, at least. You know what I mean. Um, as far as like, you know, you how you're doing now. What do you think? If you have any idea, 
what your purpose is. I love asking people this and your purpose can be a career, but it can also be something that comes naturally to you or like a feeling state that you think you're meant to feel. Um, actually, I don't know. That's something that I'm asking myself currently. Actually, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Um, if anything, maybe one of the things is I'm, I feel that I'm supposed to just love, you know, like I am such a love person. Like I love love <laughs> and um, I struggle a little bit with it though. Um, as much as I love it, I'm very, what's the word, toxic with it. Um, just with, with myself, with like other people. Um, so it's something that I know I have to work on, but I know that I'm meant to love people. Um, and I really, really like, you know, I'm looking forward to the day where I can just do that and like not, like not feel bad about it, not have any expectations with it and just let it be. I think that that definitely ties into everything that we've talking we've been talking about, especially because of, um, you know, the whole situation with your family and learning how to open your heart after, um, you know, you've been let down by other people or even just like in the way of like being myself isn't safe or thinking this way isn't safe or doing these things aren't safe. And then you deciding to love past all of the limits that are preset for yourself that you've convinced yourself are true. And yeah. especially the whole piece on compassion too, because it's a thing that a lot of people um, lack. Most people, you know, like even your mom, for example, she's not, I'm guessing, I can't assume, I don't know her, but from what you said to me, she's not at the level of consciousness that you are at. So all we can really do for those people is just have compassion for them. And maybe one day they'll understand, but probably in this lifetime, you know, they won't and it's not our issue, right? Yeah, um, I actually have a theory that I'm supposed to, uh, like I'm actually, even though she's my mother and I'm the daughter, like I actually think it's quite the opposite. <laughs> just because sometimes I will catch myself with the way I talk to her and I'm like why am I talking to her like I'm her mother <laughs> like I feel like I'm reprimanding her and I'm just like no like you don't do that that way this is how you would go about it like you know why are you doing that kind of just talking to a child because sometimes I do feel like I'm talking to a child um yeah I don't know <laughs> you have to speak to people in the way that they'll understand it and sometimes that does mean that you feel like you're talking to a child you know what I mean um I've also heard before, I had someone tell me this, I don't know how I feel about it exactly, but I can see how it would be true, which is that when we take on roles in our family that aren't actually our roles, it's very, it's not really good for us. So like an example would be like you mothering your own mother, or for me, I act like I'm the oldest sibling to my children, I mean to my children, <laughs> to my sisters, because they will all come to me for advice, Yeah, or for like my resources or whatever it is and i'm the youngest one like i shouldn't like you shouldn't have to be taking care of your mother i shouldn't have to be taking care of my siblings yeah or even my mother for that fact or my father because i do it all too but at the same time you know the question is with these people who have um who have unconsciously caused pain in our lives whether it's their fault or not we really have to ask the question which is if we want to have a relationship with them is like how much are we willing to put up with yeah you know what i mean how much can you actually hold? That's the thing, because if your aura, right, is big enough to hold all of the pain and to hold your mother in the way of like, you can hear what she has to say and it doesn't have to affect you. Or like you can deal with her her thoughts and they don't have to affect you. 
and I was at the point where that seemed impossible for me. I'm like, no way I can't function in that place. But um, it comes to a point too with this spiritual work. And I definitely know you relate to this where you're like, I am so much better than I was years ago. You yeah. know, the way that I handle people or the way that I handle people um, since they've hurt me. And moving on, what would be like a piece of advice for your younger self mm. at whatever age? Hmm. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because you ask me these questions, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I right now like being put like on the spot even though I know it's not like, you know like in a bad way um yeah I don't know nothing's really coming to mind maybe down the line I will yeah I was actually gonna say um because to what you were saying prior to asking that question um I wanted to because I touched a little bit on um you know growing up with immigrant parents and growing up as an immigrant child myself um I feel that especially with like you know having these immigrant parents I feel that that comes with a lot of expectation and that's one of the things I want to talk about was that you know you grow up basically hearing you need to be successful you need to you know, you need to break out of like the poverty. You need, you need to take care of your parents when they're older. You need to do this and to do that. And for my parents, and maybe I speak for like other people as well, for my parents, education equals success. If, if they don't see that I'm in school, it's like, well, what are you doing with your life? You're not going to do anything. You're not going to, you're not going to be successful. And it's like, how do I tell them that you don't have to go to school to be successful? You can't because they are so stuck, you know, in what they already believe in that it's like nearly impossible to, you know, tell them like, no, like you don't have to go to school to be successful. And, you know, constantly and hearing that growing up, it's, it's really hard on you because like, it's like, damn, like I'm, like I'm 22 now. And to be honest with you, I kind of feel sometimes that I failed because I, um, the people that I went to high school with, you know, some of them, the majority of them, you know, I still follow them on Instagram and all of that. And they already graduated college. Like, you know, they have a career going. Um, and I'm still like not even done with my associates. And sometimes I compare myself to that. And I'm like, damn, like, if I hadn't taken that two year break, I would be there. Like I would have my, my bachelor's, I would be, I would have a career right now. I could, I would be able to provide more for my parents. Um, you know, I could pay the rent. that they don't. You know, like you have actual fulfillment in your life, I think personally. Yeah. Because like you have community and a lot of people don't have that. Like a lot of people, they go from high school to college and then they get the job. And I was talking to someone the other day, he has the job, he has the money, he has the career, like he has the family and he's unfulfilled as shit. Like yeah. he does not like his life. And would you wanna do all of that just to please your parents? Just so you don't have to hear them in your ear? Yeah. and that's the thing like that's literally what you, it's literally implemented you I don't know if I just if it's just like with you know and when I say Im immigrant parents I I just I'm referring to like you know parents that came from like another country you know like where it, things are a lot worse than what they are here actually and you know they want better they want better for their child mm -hmm. um and you know it's one of the things my mother 
there's like the situation or like this event that happened where it's really stuck with me because it's like damn like how could you like how could you say that so we were having dinner with like family members and you know it's anytime we have dinner with any family members the topic of education always comes up time like, to call you out she said right she basically i don't know what it was that they were talking about but i uh i wasn't i was in school and that's the thing like i'm doing psychology right and she i don't know why but i i just feel that she isn't really like happy with my decision like what are you going to do with psychology you know like what's that you know what's in it for you like you can't do anything with that um but we, we were just having a conversation and um i don't i don't know what like uh why she said it but she straight up was just like yeah your dreams don't amount to anything you're not going to be nothing in life and i remember like at the time i was with my um, ex-boyfriend he was sitting next to me I was like my my aunt was uh, like across from me my uncle was on the other side like there was like there were people there were like a few people there and I remember looking at my mother and I looked at my boyfriend at the time and I was like like did you just hear this and um like my initial thought was I, I like I started bawling I was like wow like that's that's sad like and I and I told her like like in the middle of tears I was like why would you say that like you know, it's a, it's like one thing for you to tell, like, say that to me privately, you know, like I could take it, but for you to like say it in front of people that I care about, like, that's like, I was like, that's a low blow. And um, I, I didn't say, usually I'm one to defend myself and I, I defend myself from her because she will say the meanest shit ever. But I was so caught off guard that I, all I could do was just cry. And I kind of just like bowed my head and I was just like, damn. Um, and my uncle, he stepped in and he was like, why would you say that? <laughs> you know, she, she's here because of you. We know that, right? Like you, you brought her into this world. Why are you talking down on her like that? And she was just, and she was mad on top of that. She was like pissed off. And like, I, I just looked at her and I went to the bathroom because I was just like, no, like, and then from that moment and on, sometimes when I look at my mother, like, that's like the one thing that I think about It's like, damn. And I'm super, I'm like really angry. Like talking about it makes me angry because like why would you say that it's fucked up you know and I still hold that against her she doesn't know that because you know we don't really talk much but I very much still think about that and that's why I'm so like like I try not to get too close to her because she will judge me for everything and I know sometimes like you know you know like tough love I I, I feel that it can work sometimes but other times I feel that there's no need for it and she definitely is the kind of person that will, I admire her for being blunt. I admire her for being honest, but sometimes she just overdoes it. Like, it's just like, no, you don't got to do all that. Like, relax. Um, but, you know, for, for that one event, and there's been other circumstances where this has happened. That's why I, I try not to get close to her because I know that if I say something, she'll just be like, no, like, that's dumb. Why are you doing that? You know, she'll just kind of downplay it um but yeah that was like one one situation that really stuck with me and it's like really upsetting I'm sorry that happened to you um and I also you know hearing all of this you've probably considered this before but part of the reason why she's obviously not nice to you is because you know because of the decisions you make but it's actually not your fault at all I think personally like from what you said she's extremely jealous and resentful of you 
Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of people say that to me, but it's she not that the life that you have. Like she wishes that her mother was the one to come from Mexico and create this life. So then she could choose whatever she had to do because she feels like, like in her mind and her consciousness level, it's she busted her ass for you. But deep down what it is, is like, I did this for you, not actually for you, but so like you could give me something back. Yeah. And that's and like when you love someone with that or when you, when you give something to someone expecting something back, that's not love. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's, that's one of the things that, you know, once again, time, time to like, you know, having immigrant parents, um, that's one of the things that they pretty much expect from you. You have to take care of them. Like you are their retirement fund, or I think that's the right ter like terming for that. Like you literally are their retirement. And you know, we will be sitting down with family members and they'll be like, oh, you know, don't worry. She's going to take care of you. And then they'll look at me like, right? And I'm just like, yeah. And you're like, no, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I love my mother. Like, my mother is like, she she is my everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just wish that our relationship, you know, it was better. Um, And, you know, God willing, like one day it will be. But like right now, sometimes that's like something that's not really like, it's not something that I can see just yet. Um, just because I still have a lot of forgiving to do. Um, and you I don't have to put it all on you either. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it, does, it does take two people to fight. It does take two people to want to fix a relationship. But at the same time, you know, it, like all of this pain that you're feeling it's not yours to carry. It's actually hers. And it's being directed at you. You know, yeah. like most of the things that you feel and you think they aren't actually like your thoughts. They're just things that she's instilled into you that aren't true. Yeah. And I just kind of realized I have mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize that? <laughs> no, I didn't. You know what? I just, I never really understood the concept of what it meant to have daddy issues or mommy issues. I got mommy and daddy issues, honey. I think I do. Yeah, you know, I think it's more mommy issues, but I might have a little bit of both. Actually. I believe everyone has both, honestly, unless you're like securely attached to your parent, which I really don't think that anyone is. Yeah. Um, I personally, you know, I own it. The other day, someone was like, I don't have daddy issues. And I, after they just told me basically that they have daddy issues and I'm just like, okay, you don't have daddy issues. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I mean, oh, it's parent and like, you know, uh, son-daughter relationships are very complicated sometimes, but I do know that at the end of the day, it's meant for your growth, so, and um, in terms of like karma, actually, when, when you said that my mother, I forgot what it is that you just said, but basically what I was going to say to that was, there's a, like, something my mother always says is, I don't know what I'm paying for. I was so good to my parents. Like I was respectful. I never talked bad, never did this. And she's, she's just like, I don't know what I'm paying for. Like, what did I do? And and I was, what, what were you gonna say? Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's something that you did in this lifetime. I think you're just paying for karma, like in other lifetimes. But that's not something that I could say to her because she'll, she'll just look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know um so that's one of the things I feel that she is paying for because 
she she's a lot <laughs> she has been through so much and i can respect i can respect the the woman that she is and i respect and i admire her for that you know for everything that she's been through um oh by the way i mean is, is there like a time limit time limit for any of this i usually make it like an hour or so so we're we're going getting to the end okay yeah so that's one of the things that um i kind of just realized that she might just be paying for like other things that she's done in other past li- in past lives so i believe that and i think that it's true for you as well not as you're like paying for it but this is what i say to people all the time um because someone i forgot who had asked me someone was asking me because something really horrible happened to them in this lifetime mm-hmm. and the same goes for you which is that like a certain situation could have happened in your past life that you never fully healed from so this lifetime you like have a mother or a brother or a sister or you have a random interaction one day that causes the same event to occur possibly to a slightly like lesser degree so that you can continue to try to learn your lesson and it's not like you did anything wrong or you're paying your karma you can put it like that but it's more of just like this is the lesson you came to incarnate on this earth to freaking work on so like have at it you know from yeah. her perspective it could be the same thing in a different way yeah yeah i understand that yeah hmm. interesting <laughs> yeah um to finish it up last question um are you working on anything in like the next the next year or two or even months from now whatever time frame like what's making you feel most alive right now um i'm looking forward to once again, school. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to graduating. I'm actually supposed to get my associate associates in um in May. Nice. Congratulations. Then, thank you. Um, so one of the things I'm really looking looking forward to. It's like, it's like okay, yay! I'm finally gonna get my associates, and then from there I will decide if I want to get my bachelor's. But most likely not. <laughs> um, I just kind of want something to show to my parents. Like here, I did this. Leave me alone now. I will do what I want to do now. Um. But yeah, it's one of the things I'm looking forward to. And I'm just kind of, I'm in general, I'm just looking forward to continuing to grow. You know, you grow every day. And I'm looking forward to see, to seeing the person that I will be in two, three months from now, a year from now. You know, that's really it, to be honest. That's beautiful. I love that. I think we grow each day as well. You know, if we have the, um, if we set the intention to, that's the thing. <laughs> a lot of people just they don't really um realize is each day passes you know what the fuck they're actually doing it's just like go to work do the thing do the other thing do the other thing and it's really important to set up space and time like we have right now to just speak on whatever we want to speak about or just reflect you know on your life yeah yeah and um i I, I, thank you for like allowing it to happen you know allowing the space to happen i'm really grateful um you know i'm really grateful that i came across you like we met actually you know, you're very beautiful. I enjoy, I love your energy. It's just, it's so beautiful. I really, I really enjoyed our conversation. And um, I really hope that you and whoever is listening was able to take something from it. You know, I'm not sure what it is, but I hope it's something. It definitely is. I think you spoke to a lot of people today. So I thank you um, for that and for coming on and just sharing everything that you shared and your wisdom and being so open and vulnerable to just speak. Yeah. All right. Um, where can the people find you if they want to find you or connect with you? 
Um, so I do have Instagram. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Um, yeah. I have Instagram. I ha- actually I make TikToks. I have like a thousand followers. <laughs> actually, oh. Um, I have one video that got to uh four million views. It was like it was like the stupidest video ever too. And trust me, I like put time and effort into making my videos. And it was like the one stupid video that I barely put any effort into. And that's the one that like got to 4 million. And I have like three others that are kind of like the same. Um, They got to over a thousand views. No, a hundred thousand. There you go. So there's that. I have TikTok. Um, I have Twitter. So my Instagram is going to be underscore Liz, Y-H underscore. And um. TikTok is going to be what is it? Liz YHC underscore. There so. you go. I'll put it in the um the caption of the podcast as well if you want to connect with her. And um as always, you can find me on Instagram at Feisty Hippie or visit my website to book some of my services www.feistyhippie.com. Right now in October, I have a special um offering that I created. It's a combination tarot session and hypnosis session um, focused on identifying and clearing limiting beliefs. So go ahead, send me a DM if you're interested in that. And um, we'll catch you next time on the Feisty Hippie Podcast.